The OTB Podcast Network with Green Farm on the go. Snack smart with 100% natural protein-powered chicken bites. Football on Off the Ball with Paddy Power. Only the cream of the crop pick up Champions League medals. Jonathan Greening's got one. Gamble responsibly. Gamblingcare.ie You're welcome back. Arsenal in trouble in the Europa League. It's two all in their game against Benfica. So three all on aggregate. Benfica lead on away goals. Rangers 3-2 up against Royal Antwerp. So they lead 7-5 on aggregate. That is in the second leg in the round of 32 in the Europa League. We'll keep a close eye on that. But it is uh, just coming up to half past seven on Thursday. So as always, it's time to talk to John Giles. Good evening, John. Evening, Nathan. How are you keeping? I'm good, thank you. <laughs> uh, we're doing uh, something on the show tomorrow morning on OTBAM where we're going to have Stuart Byrne on the show. Stewie is a former League of Ireland winner and he has become a musician and he's launching one of his songs tomorrow. It's called The Game That We Love and it's all about street football and him growing up as a street footballer on Cedar Road Road on the north side and his love for it and how he wishes he could go back to that and he wishes, I suppose, how youngsters now could experience that because it does feel as though it's gone. You've spoken before about growing up as a, a street footballer. How important was it to you? Oh, life. Right. Life, uh, Nathan. Was, see, I've gone back a long time. Obviously, uh, a long, lot longer than your, 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 your lad is going tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, it would be the same principles, but it's a long time ago. And in those days, you see, there was, there was no television. I was brought up in the 40s, early 50s. So there was no television, Nathan. Uh, you were lucky to have a radio, and usually overcrowded uh, houses with kids, right? So when you were on your holidays, you got up from school, and say, out you go, because there was nothing to do in the house, nothing to keep you in the house. There was yeah. nothing there, uh, and my pals all obviously were in the same boat. Uh, lived in Ormond Square, uh, where it was ideal for playing football, and in those days, none of the neighbours had cars, so it was free to play. But, uh, you know, looking back on it, Nathan, I don't know what we would have done if it hadn't been uh, for football. And we used to play with a bouncer, and a bouncer was about twice the size of a tennis ball. Right, so it wasn't a full-size football even? No, 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 no. No, we were playing on the... Uh, I mean, I didn't realise at the time, and I'm, I'm, I'm talking about myself now, I went on to be a professional footballer. Actually, a few lads in the, that played in the square went on to play League of Ireland, uh, the Bourne Brothers... Uh, Tony went on won a, a cup in his medal with Rovers. Johnny played for Transport for years, and Joe also played League of Ireland. So there was a good, good few of us playing. There'd be about probably seven aside, 14 people altogether. Uh, but definitely uh, it was an ideal situation and circumstances to be a professional footballer. Now, obviously, I didn't know that at the time. I was only out playing for fun. Yeah. And it, but, you know, you heard a Brazilian saying, you make a friend of the ball. But we played with this... Uh, at, uh, bouncer and, and you had to control it and control it well it was harder to control than a proper football and it was coming off the railings it was coming off the paths it was come, so you had to you had to control it and definitely and none of us was thought I never thought about being a professional footballer at that time it was just for fun but that, that, that were the times that were in that was in it uh, uh, and I, I don't know what we would have done as a, a group of players we, like I'm still pals with players brought up Norman Square now Brilliant. Shea O'Brien Eamon O'Brien Anthony, all, all these lads but we, that's all we, we live for playing football every day yeah. and we have nothing else to do and in those times I said there was no cars around there was no in the neighbours it was, it was away from the, the, the main streets 
uh, but no car, so you could play either one of the four sides of the square until one of the neighbours uh, told you to clear it off <laughs> out of the way. Uh, you you lived on the square, did you? Hmm? You lived on the square. Lived in the square, yeah, yeah. yeah. Seven A, Seven A Orm Square. It was and it was idea for football. And the lads that most of the good few of the lads that played with us in the matches didn't come from the square. They came from neighbouring uh, uh, neighbourhoods. Do you know what I mean, Nathan? Yeah. But they knew that there was football there, and we, we'd play every day. There was nothing else to do. Uh, and I, I, again, I don't know what sort of trouble, mischief we would have got into if it hadn't been for football. Yeah. Definitely. So, it was ideal. But from my point of view, I went on to be a professional footballer. It was ideal training to, to, to become a player because you had to control this ball. And I had the ball. I used to keep the ball. I lived in Norman Square, so I used to keep the ball. And I could go out and practice with the ball before the lads turned up. But that's the way it was. It was football, 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 morning to night. We never got fed up with it because there was nothing to keep us in the houses. I keep going back to that because yeah. young kids wouldn't appreciate that now because most of them have their own, their own entertainment in, in the house. I've seen them with my own grandkids. But there was no televisions. You were lucky to have a radio. So there was nothing in the house to keep you there. Your mother would say, well, my mother, all the mother said, right, out you go. Yeah. And we played from morning to night playing football. But luckily enough, we didn't want to do anything else, Nathan. Yeah. Yeah. And you kept the football. Was there not a football in every house? Oh, no. No. Like to, 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 to buy a bouncer was called a bouncer. A bouncer was about a shilling. Right. right? Now, none of us could afford a shilling. We, 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 we'd chip in. Somebody go and get a penny or a penny halfpenny or a penny and we'd chip in to get the ball. And we'd some, some disasters with it as well, Nathan. We <laughs> remember getting the ball, the new ball, up in the shops. And, uh, of course, we're, there, was, there was roofs roofs on the houses. And, and now and again, somebody would knock it up on the roof and it would stick in the gutter. And somebody, lost. Somebody had... lost. We just bought gone. it. Hmm? That was it, gone. Nobody would climb uh, up and get it. Well, funny enough, now you wouldn't believe this, we did have one lad who could climb up on the roof. Roofs. Very dangerous stuff. And knock, the, and knock the ball down. The other disaster we had, because it, there was railings around, and sometimes some of the lads had hit it, catch the top of the railing, burst oh. into bits. So it, wasn't, it, was, it was always an effort to get a ball. As I said, it went, it was like from, from at our standards, a shilling was a shilling, you know? Yeah. yeah. And, and uh, that we, had to, we had to look after that ball. We have a text in from Connor who said, did John ever get a belt for hitting the ball off one of the windows? I put one of ours in back in the 1970s and I knew I was in for it. Oh, yeah. We, 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 did, we, we very seldom uh, uh, broke any window. We did, we did once or twice, but, we, but, but our parents, luckily enough, would chip in to, to have it fixed. But, but the neighbours weren't, most neighbours weren't happy. Go on over to your own side of square, square and play. We'd be, but we had four sides, you see. Yeah. So if we were knocked off one side, we'd go to another side. So we never, we never went short of a game. And, th- and then for one period while we were there, we made the square, which was a grass, so it was a terrible state, into a bit of a state to play inside the square. Nathan, we, right. actually, we actually did that. So you made your uh, own pitch. Yeah, now, now it's a playground. Actually, Dorman Square is quite an, up, an uppy place now. <laughs> and, and it's got its own little playground inside the square. So times have changed dramatically since... Uh, since since I was since I was there, but again, ideal for, yeah. for for my going back to my time, controlling the ball because if you could control the bouncer, and when you played with a football which was much bigger, it was much easier to control Nathan. Yeah, and control was every as you know, it still is control of the ball is everything. 
you mentioned there'd be lads coming in from not just Ormond Square, they'd be coming in from around. How yeah. competitive was it? Was it just a bit of crack or was it, oh, no, no, it no, pretty no, serious? Oh, no, 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 very serious. Right. Oh, very serious. Oh, really, really, really serious. Now, we, would, we wouldn't be kicking each other. A row broke, up now, broke out now and again. But generally, generally, we were okay. Yeah. But we'd play like you'd be called in for your dinner, you know what I mean? Like, nobody wanted that. But you'd be back straight again after dinner, pick another couple of teams, and away you go again. Yeah, how did you pick the teams? Um, well, you'd have two lads, two different lads each day. You know, and you toss up who was the first pick, and then you go you'd do your picking from there. Yeah. And uh, were you always the first pick? No, no. What? <laughs> no. No, I was well with, with all the lads then, and right. some of the lads that we were playing. I, I, I was only about seven or eight at that time, but we were playing with lads of ten or twelve, and not one of fourteen. Whoever, whoever was there that wanted yeah. to play, you know. So um, that, that's the way it was. But again, looking back on it, I mean, it was ideal. I, I'm talking about myself now. Ideal preparation to go on to be a professional footballer because yeah. the first thing you're learning there is control of the ball. You have to control the ball, and it wasn't. It was much more difficult than a, than a football. So that was that's the basics of the game, and the ball would be coming off the railings, would be coming off the side paths. So you have to judge it and control it, and do it. You know, and that was fun. That was yeah. only fun. I mean, I was only seven, eight at that time. I wasn't thinking about being a professional footballer. None of us were at that time. It was just fun. It was it's what we wanted to do. Yeah. The uh, the talented kids are often the greedy kids in those games. Were you uh, were you greedy with the ball or would you share it around? Ah oh, no 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 play play properly, <laughs> play properly. I mean there were there were lads, but they, they wouldn't be picked. Right, they wouldn't be, they wouldn't be one of the first picks. You know what I mean? They get it. Yeah. They get it right telling off. Yeah, you know if, if, if we play properly, you know, I thought we were only kids. Like we wanted to win, and somebody acting in the Egypt, like it uh, wouldn't be picked. Yeah, tell them to clear it off. No no, it was really serious stuff. You were the fortunate one then, I guess, because you lived on the square that you got to keep the ball, which meant even if there was no one around, you could still occupy yourself. Well, I did. That's what I did. I, 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 I would get the ball out, and, and you see, you get it up against the wall, and only for fun. How many times can I keep it up? Yeah. You know, I used to call it keep it up against the wall. How many times can I head it against the wall? How many times I kick it in the wall and controlled it? That's, that, that's, that was just fun, uh, uh, Nathan. There was nothing else to do. And luckily enough, uh, looking back on it, all the, the lads I played with, we didn't want anything else. So the fact that we came in a poor neighbourhood didn't matter. Yeah. We were just you playing what we loved to play, which was get the ball out and play. Brilliant. When, when did you start playing organised games then? We, 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 we organised, actually some of the older lads did, a team from the square to play in the Sodality League, which was played every Sunday up in the park, because you, you could hire it out. You could hire the, hire the, the, the pitches out, which we did. Uh, we've got a team called St. Columbus, yeah, and we were in the Sodality League, uh, and we used to go to uh, Dominic Street from the league, from the league. So you 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 went there on Thursday night and Sunday morning, and you used to call it you, you, you pray to play. <laughs> but if you didn't if you didn't turn up, then you you wouldn't you'd be you you, you would be suspended. Right, Nathan. So, but that, that lasted a year with the pals, pals from the square, and we never won a match all year, Nathan. Not one. Not one up in the park. Never won, and we loved it. We never, no, never, never was one that we didn't turn up. And and then, then from the Dallas League, we went to uh, Schoolboy League, uh, which was called uh, Dublin City at the time. Old Tom Tunney yeah. had an ad in the paper to go up for trials. Right. And, and my father knew Tom Tunney. You know, he's a football man. Yeah. And we went up, and it would have been say Wednesday evening during the holidays. 
And of course, there was about six or seven of us uh, going up for the trials, and, and uh, Mr. Tony called me over and said, no, no, you're too small. You can't come into the trials. And uh, one of our lads said, well, it, um, John's dad has sent, sent us up. And he said, who's that? Dickie Giles. I said, OK, off you go. <laughs> so I got, the, I got the trial. I was I was only about eight, eight or nine at the time. Right. And I was under 14. <laughs> <laughs> so I played... I played you got six, picked. I got, yeah, I played, yeah. I got, I got played. I was, um, I played six years under 14. And then on Sundays, you used to play under 15. So what I got a bit older, I played for three years, you know, under 14 and three years under 15. And as you know, I'm only a small fella, small fella when I played. That's why big fellas never bothered me playing. Right. Nathan. I was used to playing against big fellas when I yeah. played. And the good thing about football is if your control is good enough, then the big fellas can't get at you. Mm. You know? And then you had to learn when I got older then to protect yourself as well from the big fellas, which was a different uh, different. That's, that's when you're a pro. Yeah. But I never had any, I never had any bother playing against big fellas. As you said, when you're in Ormond Square, you're you're just doing it for the love of the game. You're not thinking about the the skills you're acquiring. You're not thinking about bringing no. it to a big league. But clearly, everything you learned through those very early years stood by you when you actually did get to play oh, in the definitely. biggest games. Well, the fundamentals. You learned the fundamentals of the game, mm. and of course, the biggest fundamental, one of the most important fundamentals of the game is controlling the ball. Yeah, really controlling it. You know, your first touch in football is everything. You know, because you you, you find when really tired, you see all the top players. After the first touch, they've more room on the ball than they had before they touched it. If you see a bad player, right, he's less room after six touches. He's less room on the ball. He's put put himself into more trouble than he did before he touched the first ball. Yeah. But when you were in Norman Square, because you were close to your, your pals playing and got, your control had to be good, or else you were going to lose the ball. So it was, it was it's a fundamental part of the game, and it was ideal in Norman Square playing with that particular ball to learn that and I was lucky enough to be able to learn it from there and what brilliant memories it's given you as well and what brilliant connections that here you are 75 years later and still in touch with many of those players that you go out and play with yeah definitely the O'Brien brothers as I say Tony played uh, a with, with Shamrock Rovers yeah. uh, Johnny played then we had the O'Brien brothers unfortunately one of them has passed away but Eamon is still here so uh, Anthony Hickey there's loads, loads of lads that I, I see now and again some more than others but we we never we never lost contact with each other, ever. So, you know, the O'Briens went to America and uh, well, all over the place. But then a long time ago, Nathan. But but we, we're still we're still in, in in touch with most of the lads that are still still alive. Brilliant, brilliant. That's great. Uh, great, yeah, great. We'll take a quick break, John. That that we, the reason we're talking about that is we're going to be chatting about it on OTBAM tomorrow morning. Stewie Byrne, who people know as a, a pundit on the show, is also a musician now, and he's releasing a song tomorrow called "The Game That We Love," which is all about street football uh, and some brilliant memories from John. There, we'll take a quick break, John, yeah. and then we'll wish, talk about wish what we've seen. Best night in, I will do. I will do, John. Big turnaround for Arsenal. Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang has put them in front against Benfica. They're in injury time. Arsenal 3, Benfica 2 in the Europa League. Arsenal 4-3 ahead on aggregate. So it looks as though they're going through. As are Rangers, 5-2 up against Royal Antwerp. So now 9-5 ahead on the night for Steven Gerrard's side. We'll talk you through the 8 o'clock kickoffs on the football show. John Giles is still with us uh, live tonight. 53106 is the text number. Uh, John, looking back on the last week in football, Chelsea had a huge victory against Atletico Madrid in the Champions League, but they had a difficult day last Saturday against Southampton, and Thomas Tuchel, who's just at, arrived at the club, made a big decision to take off Callum Hudson-Odoi with 15 minutes left, having only brought him on 
at half time and he was extremely critical of Hudson Nadoy's attitude. It's always felt like one of those unwritten rules of football as just something you can't do to take off a substitute because of poor performance. Was it the right thing to do for Tuchel? It depends how it pans out, Nathan. Mm. There's two ways of management. Some, like the old-fashioned way, certainly in my way, was whatever you did in the dressing room stayed in the dressing room, and you wouldn't show anybody up in any way, and you expected the same response from the players towards you, right? Now, obviously, th- things have changed. Uh, in Tuku, 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 that his name? Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 he did what he did, and it depends on the players in the team. Some would say that's terrible. Mm. Others might say he was right. Yeah. And what he, he appears to me anyway, from what he see with Paris Saint-Germain, he doesn't care one way or the other, Nathan. I think he genuinely is not in trying to impress the players by doing what he did. That's what he believes is the way. Now, to be fair to him, he put him back in the team for the next match. Right? So it, with managers, it doesn't matter how you do it. And in my experience with managers, with different people and, and players, you know, most of the managers are tough nuts. Yeah. You know, like Bill Shankly wouldn't have been that popular with the players, Nathan. They would respect him because he was a great manager. But, but, I, but I know for a fact he was, he was hard, he was tough, uh, he was cruel, uh, what would regarded as cruel in football. Mm. But the thing you have to have in management is respect. You know, you, you hear about the old generals. I'd rather have respect or fear than love. Yeah. You know, do you remember Roy Evans at Liverpool? Roy, uh, yeah. Like, you know, like Roy was very, very popular, apparently very, mm. very popular with the players. But he was the only manager that didn't win anything Yeah. after Shankly left. Shankly wouldn't have been that popular with them. They would respect him. They'd be frightened of him. And that's, that's a way of doing it as well. I've, I've never seen a, a team that was successful when they loved the manager. They didn't have the respect. He didn't have the respect of the players. And that bite, you see Klopp with it. You know, I think the players are terrified of Klopp. Hmm. I know they're not doing so well in the moment. But, but generally speaking, there was always that. Like Busby was fierce as well. Hmm. Now, he was a very mannerly man as well. But when it came to the actual game, he'd take no prisoners at all. Uh, same, same with Don Reilly although they keep it in the dressing room now this fella's different now I saw the match the other night watched the match the other night against Athletic, Atletico Madrid and uh, he played the lad Hudson O'Doy is not yeah. his name and I tell you he tried <laughs> Yeah, he was trying and I'd say the other day when he wasn't chasing back like he, he should have been this is the, this is the way he, like in my day you'd pull him to one side and say look I think you should be doing that Right now he, that's, his, that's his type of guy the type of guy he is. And again, is he going to get respect from them? Yeah. Is he going to win matches through doing it? Mm. That's all that matters. And, and I saw Paris, because he, he came as man, uh, ex-manager of Paris Saint-Germain, yeah. didn't he? And I saw them playing last year in the Champions League, and I saw a huge difference in Paris Saint-Germain since he took over last year. Right. In and that's all he'd be bothered about. Yeah. He'll say to you, I don't care whether he likes me or he doesn't like me. I don't care whether I upset him or not. Yeah. Am I getting more from him than, than he's given me? It may not have been a calculated decision or premeditated to do that to Hudson Adoy, but does it suggest maybe that actually he's been in that Chelsea job a few weeks, he's looked around, what's well, a, a very young dressing room, 
and thought that I do need to lay down some sort of a marker here for these players, that there's just something yep. that, that he had seen that wasn't right? Well, I think he'd do it in any club. Mm. I think it's the way he is. And I think he did it at Paris Saint-Germain. I think he fell out with the owners there. But he was very successful there, well, well most managers were. But I saw him in the Champions League uh, finals when they were playing uh, all the matches together. And I thought Paris Saint-Germain, I think they got to the final, didn't they? Yeah, they did, yeah. And I saw a difference in Neymar and different people in, in, in that particular way. So his attitude seems to be, looking at him on the touchline, he doesn't care mm. whether the players are going to like him or not. Couldn't care less. What he'd say, I'm doing that to have an effect on the team. And what you'll find as well with Chelsea, maybe, maybe it could be, that's what we need. Or certain players need that. Do you know what I mean? In other words, he's right. Yeah, and well, as you say, it'll ultimately be judged on results as well. Yeah. Uh, football it, here and off the ball with thanks to Paddy Power for information and responsible gambling. Visit gamblingcare.ie. Uh, Jose Mourinho um, says he will be remembered at Tottenham for good reasons. This after a fifth defeat in six Premier League matches. They've been in complete freefall really since the victory over Arsenal in the North London derby back in November, beaten by West Ham at the weekend. Like This seems with Mourinho, it's following quite a familiar pattern at this stage. We've seen it all before. Yeah, but we've seen it before, Nathan, but, but we, we forget a good, about the good t- times he's had. Mm. You know, he is what he is, and that's what he believes in doing. And it depends what dressing room you go, go into. Obviously, I don't think he's changed since he was at Chelsea when he was very successful and, and, and the other teams that won the European uh, Championships or Champions, uh, you know what I mean? I don't think he's changed his way. But it depends what club you go into. Like, that's what I say about this lad out at Chelsea. Yeah. I think you get lads who will say, well, and, and seems to have, say, right, he's right. That's what we'll do, right? Then you go to, you go to Manchester United and he does, it, he does it to a lot of players at Manchester United. Yeah. And the other players think, no, that's wrong. And he loses them. Well, and it feels as though the same thing has happened now at Tottenham with Bale and maybe with Matt Doherty in that sort of group as well, and with Deli Alley. So, could, well, it could it, well if well it's not be. working, no, surely well he needs but, to change. Yeah, well, well, these managers don't change, Nathan. Yeah, you know what I mean. It begins to all his principles to change because his attitude. Well, look what I did at Chelsea. Look what I did at AC Milan and and and, and Portuguese side. He's hugely successful. Hugely successful. Obviously doing it the way he's doing it, or has done it in the past. He's not going to change that. I think when you go into different clubs, you've got different situations. I think it's more difficult at Spurs now, because I don't think he's in charge of the situation in Spurs mm. in the way he was at the other clubs where he was successful. I mean, you see the, 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 the situation with Gareth Bale, for example. Did he get Gareth Bale in? Yeah. I don't think he did. Delhi Alley. I mean, Mr. Levy, a few weeks ago, wanted to send him... Uh, sorry... Uh, Mourinho wanted to send him out on loan to Paris Saint-Germain. Yeah. And Levy stopped it, right? So that means he's not really in charge. He should be, but all the other clubs where he was successful, he did what he wanted to do. But is that not, and not something he should have been aware of when he took the job, that he may not get the players he wants and therefore he has to deal with those players rather than seemingly isolating Gareth Bale, a good manager finds a way to, to work with them? Well, it would be against his principles, Nathan. Do you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like, in the other clubs that he had where he was successful, he wouldn't have people, other people bringing the players in to him. And he's not going to change his character. And he'd see Bale. I think Bale was, was a definite uh, uh, buy-in 
to, to appease the crowd or getting a bargain or whatever it was. And he hasn't played him. He didn't. He obviously didn't want him. And Delhi Ali definitely fell out with Delhi a while ago and wanted him to go on loan, right? So the way he's working or the way he's always worked, he, he would still be doing the same there. But the players would know, well, he doesn't have the authority to do yeah. what he's done at other clubs. You know, it's, it's a very, very, very tight line uh, a rope to, to walk on when you're in management like that because the circumstances of the players that he's in uh, might not suit exactly what he wants to do. I don't get it at Manchester United. Whereas Tuchel now has gone into, into, into uh, Chelsea and it might be exactly what the players want. Yeah. I hope I'm explaining myself. Okay. No, you are, yeah, yeah. It depends on the circumstances of which you join. Now, see, I think he had to accept certain things going into Spurs. Yeah. Uh, because he needed the job. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And he couldn't make he couldn't make the, the, the demands the, that he would want. Demands that, that yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now he has to try and work around it. I think he was the same at Manchester United. I'm going to keep going back on the Pogba situation. I don't think he 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 was was he don't say in the Pogba signing at the time, in my opinion, Nathan. Yeah, it certainly doesn't seem that way, John. Unfortunately, uh, we're out of time. Great stuff as always. We'll talk to you next Thursday. Okay, Nathan. Thanks again. Arsenal Bye. are through. They've beaten Benfica 3-2 in the night. Rangers also progressing. Lots more to come on the football show. Football on Off The Ball. With Paddy Power. Only the cream of the crop pick up Champions League medals. Jonathan Greening's got one. Gamble responsibly. Gamblingcare.ie The OTB Podcast Network. With Green Farm on the go. Snack smart with 100% natural protein-powered chicken bites. 